Eir Tanuyap, Kuiget Yuans Kuiensna. Hi, everybody. My name is Kuiget Yuans. I'm a member of the Squamish Nation and the Yagalanis Clan of the Haida Nation. You're listening to Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. We live, work, play, and broadcast from the traditional, ancestral, and unceded territories of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh Nations. You are listening to CFRO Community Radio Station. The upcoming show, Conscious Living Radio, is a program that explores frontiers of consciousness, spirituality, personal growth, emerging paradigms in psychology, health, science, and innovative philosophies that reflect commitment to the advancement of individual, social, and global transformation. Hello and welcome to Conscious Living, where we've been airing on 100.5 FM CFRO Vancouver every Wednesday at 6 p.m. for about 15 years now. And with the change in the times, we're also broadcasting live to YouTube and Facebook and other media outlets throughout the interwebs. And my name is Mark Curran, and today I'm really happy to introduce our guest and our topic today, where we're going to be talking about the next 24 months, the pivotal, pivotal juncture for our evolution. And our guest today is Tammy Scarlett. Now, Tammy's a system strategist and futurist. She's the executive director of the global nonprofit Unify, and she's also a grad has a graduate degree from Harvard University, where she works on global efficiencies for humanity using cross sector intelligence. So, we're going to find out what that really is. And just as a, a side note, I had the opportunity of meeting. Uh, Tammy in the summer over and a lot of the work that we are combined doing with Unity Earth and, you know, movements for peace throughout the world. And it's just been a pleasure to, you know, develop and grow and connect this relationship and really share each other's work around the globe so that we can inspire change for all humanity. Tammy, welcome to the program. Thank you so much, Mark. I'm really honored to be here and excited that we get to talk for a little while about this subject matter because i think it is a pivotal juncture that we find ourselves at right now and uh much to be done well there's so much changing in the world there's you know people are struggling there's challenges in in so many different areas of people's lives some people are doing really well some people are trying to figure out how to pivot and change as we move forward and then we have the the collective where you know we're looking for global peace you know, we've got war happening in the middle east and ukraine and crazy things going on and it's really how do we find the way to navigate this in a way that we can enjoy life and you know our own inner peace and really help others along the path and and i think it's something that that's great you know where you and i got introduced was through your work with unify and if you know folks don't know what unify is they're they are a global organization known for one of the largest group meditations uh in the world through social media so you know maybe you can tell us your story how you kind of got into what you're doing and let's talk about what the next 24 months looks like as we move forward yeah sure i mean i i uh I got into this work <laughs> by by just kind of being in it by nature, by being uh, around people who were thinking about humanity and our planet and our existence in more of a global, holistic, or universal context. And um, even as a child, I would say I thought about humanity from very broad, in very broad terms, and to figure out things about humanity, I would uh, play out scenarios in my mind and um, 
say if I start from the beginning and I imagine that humans were interacting this scenario, is it possible that it would result any differently? And if so, what would all the variables be? Um, just to try to figure out, you know, how do, how do we see ourselves and each other and the world around us? And then how are we going to make decisions about how we behave within those perceptions? And how do we as humanity operate as one giant combined algorithm of those collective perceptions, um, which then, you know, brings us to these kinds of topics that you were just mentioning, Mark, what are the things that we have available to us that we can do to help to influence those uh, individual and collective perceptions that really are our operating systems. So with Unify, I was invited to be a part of, of uh, the organization. I started off actually being the director of one of their 72-hour broadcasts for Peace Day. And uh, from there, um, they asked me to come on and be executive director. And I've been very honored to be in that position since then. We we have a lot of really cool initiatives in the world and um, are central to an intersection of a, a bunch of amazing individuals and partner organizations around the world that represent not only the consciousness space and meditation space, but also a bunch of other different um, sectors and arenas that help to move humanity forward with different uh, types of of social impact and impact on the ground. Well, and, and I think that's really important what you say there, because it's one thing to, you know, expand our consciousness and, and be, you know, all conscious. It, it's another thing to be able to integrate and incorporate that into our daily actions, into our thoughts, into our language as well, because we could have all the right intentions, but are we actually doing the work? Are we working on ourselves? How are we interacting with people? And I think, you know, that really becomes a foundation where, you know, if we want to impact the world and help create change for you know, a, a more, you know, lack of a better word at this moment, enlightened humanity, you know, we have to start with ourselves first, you know, and then we can start moving that forward in, in a great way. Yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't agree more. It's, I mean, Unify has for a long time had this inner peace to outer peace mantra, like we stand for world peace, we want to help cultivate that in the world. Um, but we do recognize that that really that change starts from within. Um, but, you know, part of that is for individuals to recognize that we're not alone. Um, the isolation or that, that lie of separation, that illusion of separation can get us in stuck places where we don't recognize what we're connected to, which is, you know, everyone and everything else in the world. Um, then it's, it can cause a certain amount of internal decay because, that whole life force energy isn't in a circuitry of reciprocity or any type of a symbiotic relationship with everything around it. So um, for people to be able to come to a website and see on a map where other people that also want to be involved in um, meditations or um, uh, conscious evolution or climate uh, climate crisis activity or whatever it is that that they're about that can move themselves and humanity forward, being able to see that they're not alone in that is actually a huge catalyst for not only their individual becoming, but then the exponential opportunity that gets unlocked by way of that connectivity to other people and opportunities. 
Well, and I think you, you you just you nailed it on the head when you talk about synergy, and and that really goes to the value of community, where we know when people are in community and they work together in common interests, common goals, common objectives, there's a lot more ability to create change in a much more powerful way because you're not necessarily, you know, trying to row against the tide in your in your canoe upriver kind of a thing, and. And I think it's really important. And studies have shown, you know, from a, you know, the addiction crisis and all of everything where things like this happen. We saw that with the pandemic, the isolation, the separation, and how important it is to come together as community. And the one thing that I've learned over the past few years is the, you know, the internet is a powerful tool to stay connected with community as well. You can certainly connect locally. Yet now we have, you know, whether you love or hate Zoom, everybody's on it these days, right? But it's a way to connect with people in a global way to reach and, and have more impact in, in the work that we do. And even if it's just to have a listening ear so that people can connect and talk, because I think right now there there's a an epidemic where people need to be seen and heard and and be part of something versus being separated because i know i kind of went through that over some time uh during the past few years as well and coming back into community is certainly a much more vibrant and inspirational type life right totally yeah mark you know the the listening thing has been top of mind for me recently also because i realized um, I don't know, it was several months ago that I was raised to believe, not just by my parents, I mean by society and everything around us, I was raised to um, believe and understand that listening is something that I can do to be, you know, effective or to be good, um, you know, be a good listener, be an effective listener, be be present with someone kind of in such a way as to do a favor for them, like to be there if they need me to be there to listen, like all these different kind of connotations that were about listening. And I was like, why does that feel off to me? It just wasn't, it just wasn't fully clicking. And I was sitting in conversation with someone where we're like in front of each other and just in this flow. And I'm doing a lot of listening and I'm realizing like, this is not a favor. This is not me telling myself to put myself into a good listening mode so that I'm being an effective listener. This is literally an, an infinity symbol, a circuitry of reciprocity, a symbiosis in, in the moment that's happening between the two of us. And she happens to be talking and I happen to be listening, but the dynamic between the two of us is not replicatable. It is only happening the way it's happening because it is her and it is me in this moment on the planet. It is so specifically miraculous in that thing that happens as humans where we take all possibility and we bring it down into one moment where it now becomes the tangible thing. It now becomes realized. And that's what we're doing when we're when we're really being present with one another in communication, whether we're on the sharing end or the receiving end. If we're engaged like that, we're participating in a, a cycle of miracles that's happening in the moment. So it's not it isn't a favor. It's not a I'm not like being a listening ear. Like I'm just I'm just in that infinity symbol with you. You're in that infinity symbol with me. We're actually co-creating the moment. 
And that changed that, that realization for me changed the way that I look at communication in general now. Yeah. Well, I think it, you, you really nailed it there in, in the sense of, you know, when we are listening, are you actually listening? Or are you being busy formulating your thoughts so you can be heard and being present in that exchange and in that infinity symbol, as you speak of, is one of the most important parts of, of being there and and listening so that you're not you know more focused on being heard when you have something to say, because sometimes it's just about the listening. So you know, you're, you're doing so much great work. I know you just got back from Davos. I know you're involved with some of the work in the UN, and some people have mixed feelings about that. But all that aside, you know, it, this is about doing good work, and it's what we have to do as individuals based on what we believe. So what do you see when we talk about the next 24 months being a pivotal juncture? What does that exactly mean? Why is this a pivotal, uh, pivotal time? And what can we do as individuals and as community members in our local areas? Yeah, I um, I would love to talk about the next 24 months. <laughs> I think before I dive into that, though, I think it's really important to touch on a couple of those points you just made about the UN and the World Economic Forum. Because, you know, in part of my anthropology studies um, in in part of my desire to really dive into the history of humankind and the way that we have seen ourselves in one another is that anthropological us versus them concept. And I looked uh, at one point in my studies at the, the Treaty of Westphalia, which, you know, a lot of people know about as that juncture where the idea of sovereignty was introduced. And then that idea of sovereignty gave states power to be able to exert that power kind of without any questions being asked and so we're, we have in our history and therefore likely in our DNA, the ways that we carry these things out um, in patterns, that there's a division between the decision makers and the people with power and the people that are not able to make the decisions and the people that don't have any power. There is a truth to that for obvious reasons, but then there's an element of it that is also illusion. Because we are at all times malleable uh, as a collective, and we can be shaped into a new reality, which means we have the power to co-create our new reality. So if we're talking about the UN and the World Economic Forum, I totally get why why people would say, hey, I don't like that those decisions get made behind made behind closed doors, or I know that certain aspects of those organizations, I see corruption and I don't stand for that. I'll, tell, I'll share with you where I'm coming from on this. And that is that, I again, I see humanity on the whole. I see it as the algorithm of the 8 billion people together that are in any given moment making up the whole. They're giving us an output. We are giving us a collective output. And every one of us goes into that. And all of our systems that we've chosen so far go into that. And then they give us these collective outputs. If we want to participate in that opportunity to co-create a new reality, we must be present at the various aspects of the conversations or the nodes where all of those things are, are rooted and are taking shape. And so I don't see anything on the planet as off limits, nothing. 
is off limits. And just like the earth has her waterways and her river systems, some of them are on the surface of the planet and some of them are, are underneath. Um, the same is true for the energetic rivers that need to flow in order to move humanity where we need to be. Because of that, I don't want to say it's me versus the World Economic Forum or it's me versus the UN or it's the people versus the UN or whatever. I want to recognize that we are the whole of humanity and that some of the humans have gathered in an organization called the World Economic Forum. I'm interested to know what this set of humans is believing and sensing and how that sector is also moving through this evolution as a part of the whole. It's important for us to understand that they are puzzle pieces. And for me, I can affect change more effectively if I'm aware of what's going on in those rooms and if I'm participating in a way that actually isn't about being judgmental or not about what's brought us to this point. But, it, I mean, we can look at history and speak plainly about it, of course, but the, the, the objective is to move in those spaces in a way that invites people to co-create a new reality, utilizing the best of what humanity has available. So I intentionally participate at the World Economic Forum. I intentionally participate at the United Nations and any other place that's going to represent a large sampling of humanity, because the whole of humanity is what I care about. Mm, I like that. You know, and I think it's important for, for us all to understand that, you know, we have a voice and it's within our action and it's how we vote if we're in a country where we can vote and be part of what's going on and to really be informed. You know, it's like it's one thing to hear one thing from one side. It's one thing to hear something else from another side. Where's the truth? And what I find interesting, and Peter and I have this debate often, you know, Truth and belief are not necessarily the same. You can believe something is true and it's not, but if you believe it's true, it's true to you, you know, but where's the truth and the truth lies in the facts of the situation. And, and I'm not going to go on and say that I'm, you know, knowledgeable about everything. I just hear what I hear and everybody's got, you know, I guess some opinions and, and information. And, and I just think that it's how do we use these tools for good and for, you know, raising, you know, mass consciousness, if, if we want to use that term, um, but really supporting humanity. Cause I believe we all have a God given right, you know, to be happy, to be joyful, and to have food, clothing, and shelter, you know, the, the basics that all, all people need. And, you know, I've had this conversation with many people because, you know, the, the knowledge of mankind and humanity is huge. Like, we know what to do. We know what it is um, that can be done and how to create and manifest things, yet... How can we still have war? How can we still have these things when there's enough collective intelligence to solve these problems? And I think in the next 24 months, we're going to see you know, a lot of interesting things happen. You've got ET disclosures and things like that happening around the world. You've got you know, politics down in the United States that is just so divisive. You know, how do we you know, be aware of these things. How do we support good change for all people while we also enjoy, you know, at least some sort of a peaceful life in that sense? Yeah, well, you know, Mark, I don't know how much peace um, 
in terms of like on the whole that we're going to see in the short term. I think that the next 24 months are, um, they're, they're really a critical juncture for our becoming. And if we look at the, the history of um, life and existence, uh, and, and we look at that time of when single-celled organisms converted then to multicellular organisms, um, some would say that they were just at this, this precipice, and then all of a sudden, almost in a, a, a state like symbiosis where an exponential leap can occur, um, then, then there we go. There was this, this evolution, a new reality um, was, was, uh, was born. And so we're at this kind of juncture where there's, there are a lot of signs that point to that being the case now, um, not just for one, you know, organism, not, not like a multicellular organism now, going to something else, but for our, all existence, the, as evidenced by these recent um, like a, a recent level of greater acceptance around the consciousness conversation to begin with. Um, you know, when I was a child, the, the noetic sciences were not like cool to talk about. <laughs> it's not, it was not like a widely accepted thing. It was very much woo woo. Um, and now we're getting to the point where people are like, Oh, empathy, mindfulness, heart coherence. We actually recognize that we can't move many things forward as humanity without those. <laughs> so we, we're recognizing things. I was watching yesterday a, a, a film uh, that was done by that angel group um, that was about near-death experiences, and they said the same thing. They were conducting these interviews back in the 60s, and they were like, nope, these people we were interviewing were practically – scared to talk about it at all because they had tried to tell their physicians and they had tried to tell their pastors and whatever and nobody would it all got shut down nobody would listen because there wasn't room for that in the collective awareness but now it's now we know there have been so many hundreds of thousands of stories of people that have shared these similar experiences that we're like oh we get it when we, when you're apart from your body, your spirit is still having an experience, and that's a thing, whereas the previous version of us didn't know what to do with that because we didn't know how to measure it. So I think as evidenced by this re more recent acceptance of um, the, the fact of consciousness or what we at least as humans can call consciousness, it allows us to know that we are on the precipice of something. There is something before us that, that is a possibility at least for us to move into. And the reason the 24 months, if for no other reason, I think there are a myriad of reasons, but if for no other reason, AI alone, the, the, the fact of, of the way that AI has come on the scene right now, the way it's going to grow in the next 24 months, the way it's going to change the way that we see ourselves, one another, that we communicate with ourselves, with technology, with one another. Um, it's going to be a game changer for the landscape perhaps every month, perhaps every, perhaps rapid, rapidly as, uh, as every week. I mean, we don't know, but it's going to change things so quickly. And every time that happens, it would be like uh, the printing press came out all over again, or the internet came out all over again, and everything systemically is going to have to change like a domino. And I don't, I, I think we have an option of whether to be reactive in, in a reactive mode during this time, or whether to just be in a collective, like in peace as a collective, in sync as a collective, and be intentional about what it is that we want to weave 
into the co-creation of the new reality because we have options every time there's a, a, a shift like that and a new integration we have an option to weave into it with intentionality what what values we hope to see in the world what ethos we long for in the future for ourselves and for our children our children's children we can invite intelligences that don't even exist yet on the planet to be present with us in these moments of co-creation and that's what we have the opportunity for if we're doing that diligently at each of these steps of critical juncture over the next 24 months imagine the difference that that makes 24 months from now versus if we're sitting in a state of fear and reactivity to those changes well i'm really glad you brought up ai because it's it's such a hot topic these days and you know i personally don't see it going anywhere but i what i think is important is that we're aware of it, that it's a tool and how do we use it in a conscious way to improve our lives, to, you know, do our work a little differently. It, there's some powerful, powerful resources out there. And I think it it's important how we respond to it, you know, versus react to it. You know, when we respond where, you know, they would say that's more of a conscious approach versus reacting and getting defensive and scared about it. But how can it be used in a good way, in a conscious way to make a difference? Because I know I, I use it with some things that really make a difference. And when I think about the applications to military and everything else, you know, that's a whole different thing where I don't understand it enough that is AI even conscious? You know, it sometimes certainly seems like it when you ask it a question, um, but then when it's making important decisions for the future of humanity, you know, I think Elon Musk talks about that as well, where it could be very, very dangerous, but it's how do we use it with conscious intention, I think is, is really key at this time. And like you say, what's going to happen in the next 24 months, you know, to the next five years, 10 years with the technology that's being created, look at what's happened in the past hundred years, you know, and just in my lifetime being 57, it's, I've seen so many changes where the youth today have no idea, you know? Um, so I think that there, there's a lot going on with technology and how we're growing. And, you know, when you were talking as well about near-death experiences and how people are becoming more and more in tune to, you know, spirit and the the difference between mind, body, and spirit, there's more and more evidence as well. Scientific things are, are starting to prove that. There's more stories. And where you were talking about before is when, you know, people go to their doctor, their priest or rabbi or whoever their spiritual leader might be, they end up thinking they're crazy. Meanwhile, they're having a, a spiritual experience that is not being, you know, led or, um, you know, we've lost so many rites of passage in, in our culture and society today that we don't actually connect with that. And that's the state of being and consciousness is being aware of all of these things versus, you know, being locked into just one, one position and to be open to what's happening in life today. And I think that's really, really important over, you know, the, the next course of the future. Yeah, I do too, Mark. And I think the, um, uh, I think the new level of emergence of psychedelics is also um, part of what's contributing to this uh, critical juncture and, and makes it possible for that to perhaps be in a, in a positive 
sense because I mean, again, when when I was younger, uh, talking about psychedelics, it was still like very taboo um, in the academic world, very taboo. Um, and, you know, maybe uh, you could get some consensus for buy-in in terms of indigenous use for their spiritual practice, and that would be about as far as it can go. But, you know, jump to to here we are uh, in, in 2024, for me, my... Um, my husband is a, a medically retired military veteran, and he uh, he medically retired from uh, PTSD um, on 100% disability for all the things that come along with that, the depression, the suicidal ideation. Um, it's just amazing what these veterans go through, and it's part of what we kind of systemically put them through um, because they have to be not human in order to... Uh, serve the country, right? So they just kind of bear the the burden and the scars from all these experiences, and then hopefully therapy helps. Well, therapy didn't help for him, and he was so deeply medicated, and in ways that weren't helping, they seemed to be making things worse. And um, eventually, the someone at the VA, a psychiatrist at the VA, said, "Hey, I think that you might be a good candidate for ketamine." And uh, encouraged him to go try. I said, it's not covered by insurance, but you might want to go take care of it yourself because this could help you. So uh, we were like, hey, we, we got to do this because um, there's, there's kind of no option at this point. And after the first session that he had in ketamine therapy, um, he called me and said, hey, on the way home, like the car's the traffic that normally would have me like so angry and wound up the cars felt like everything was like in flow. Like everybody was going to get to where they're going at just the right time. And like, I didn't, I didn't need to be worried or troubled about any of that. And I thought like, who are you and what have you done with my husband? Because I know how he feels about traffic. And that was a new, that was a new one. And from there uh, he moved into um Eventually, he did that for a while, regularly, the, the monthly treatments, and then from there began um, microdosing psilocybin, and the microdosing of psilocybin led him to not need to do the ketamine treatments anymore monthly, and so it was like this beautiful journey where he just got released from what was binding him, like literally released from these burdens, the, the neuroplasticity that, that these um, beautiful, you know, substances allowed for his brain to return to gave him that greasing of the wheels to invite new levels of reality that didn't seem possible where he was before it literally got him unstuck. And, you know, I know, of course, other friends, I've worked a lot in my own ad advisory. I do advising for companies and I've worked for medical companies, healthcare companies, ketamine clinics, um, people in the psychedelic space, in the cannabis space, like all over the world. And there is no doubt in my mind that this is, that plant medicine is a tool for humanity's evolution and a tool for um, uh, elevation of consciousness. I just also really want uh, for us as humanity to be diligent about inviting what preparation we can, things like honoring the indigenous for the, the plant medicine wisdom that they bring and learning from what it is that they know and have taught about that in all different ways that, that we can, and things like um, being mindful about preparation and integration 
Um, you know, no judgment about people that want to do things recreationally, but there is, uh, there is something to be said for the way that we have, um, a sacramental relationship with the things that we put in our body. And that even goes for just plain food. It's part of the way that we are in a symbiotic relationship for this planet that we were born onto. And so I would love to see more of that on the scene so that um, as there's this big, you know, flooding of the, of the population with this emergence of everybody's excited about uh, plant medicines and psychedelics and everything that along with that, we bring, um, you know, safe containers and integration and education and collaboration and all of that. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because as you know, you, you were here for our spirit plant medicine conference uh, last November and you know, you, thanks it was it was really an incredible weekend I'd, I'd have to say it was probably our best one yet but it's just to hear the feedback of people and, and to hear your husband's story how powerful these different medicines can be now ketamine is one thing but if we start looking at the mushroom and you mentioned cannabis and then ayahuasca and plant medicines you know this is nature this is nature teaching us and, you know, the indigenous wisdom throughout the ages for thousands of years, you know, these shamans were able to communicate with nature to know what they were doing, even to, you know, to brew ayahuasca, for example. And, you know, mushrooms have been around since the beginning of time. And it's really interesting to see how, you know, in the past, I'm not even sure how long necessarily, but it became um kind of secretive and then it all blew up in the 60s and then it all got quashed because of you know the war on drugs a lot of underground work and this resurgence how plants are connecting people to themselves and to nature and when you look at what you know your husband's story of being a veteran i, I saw this one documentary where a veteran was talking about you know they teach us how to go fight and kill and do all of these things but when we come home, they don't teach us how to turn it off. They don't teach us and work with us in a way to integrate back into society into a good way. And I can only imagine the trauma that goes on for individuals being in that kind of environment because there's something that, you know, I, I don't think is necessarily our natural state of being uh, in, in the sense of going to war, even though war has been around for, for eons, but that is just something I could not relate to. You know, I, I'm grateful for all the service people uh, through Canada, the U.S., and around the world who really work for, for peace and to make sure that we're not totally taken over by um, forces that are not of a good intent. And I think it's so important that these individuals and these people have tools to create the change and i know you know when we look at ptsd maps has done some great work with mdma as well and there's a number of substances not necessarily plants like ketamine and mdma that are profoundly effective and like you said tammy set and setting intention working through it and whatever it is and it, it allows you and finds a way to kind of put you outside of what you're stuck in you're stuck you mentioned the patterns and everything's a pattern when you get stuck in that how do you get out you know and these medicines really help show the way and you know you even talked about recreational use i think i personally believe there's a place for recreational use as well 
because if you just, I love playing with words, recreation, it's about the intention that comes with your recreation. You know, if you're going to a dance party or, or, or a, a, whatever it is you're doing, you know, what's your intention behind it? It's one thing if you're just going up, ah, go crazy, but it's another thing if you're using these medicines and tools to connect with each other and yourself and maybe nature if you're outdoors in a much deeper and more profound way. And that's what I've discovered uh, in the work that I've done um, with these medicines, both personally and just educating people around the world with uh, the other side of the things that we do. So I'm really glad you, you mentioned that. And it's when we get back to the you know, the more ancient indigenous ways and get back to nature is really, I think, where we're going to find ourselves. Absolutely. And I want to thank you again, um, Mark, for having us out for that conference because it was absolutely beautiful. I got to meet um, Acacia Lewis there, who whom I've gotten to work with uh, since. We actually did an event in uh, Sedona together, and um, I got some of uh, Simon Hayduke's um, uh, artwork Actually, the artwork that was utilized for the for the festival is like in our hanging in our theater room now. Uh, so there's a lot in my life that has been enriched from uh, from having been there. And of course, in addition to that, um, getting to spend more time with yourself and the others that were that were there. Um, that work is really well, incredible. It, it's nice to meet everybody in person. You know, like when you come out here and Ben from Unity Earth and John Raymer and all these guys that we're working with, um, you know, around the world. When it's one thing to work in a, this virtual environment, but when we get to come together, it's even more powerful, you know, to have that connection. And and I think it's so important that we do connect in 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 great ways. And when we can do it personally, I think that's fantastic. And you know, if we can't, then you know, it's the virtual things. And you and I have kind of traveled around the world together over the past six months, with being in Italy and Chicago and and, and different parts. It's it really goes to show how we can connect the globe instantaneously um just to be there for someone if it's as simple as that and if it's to educate to inspire to transform to grow we have this at our fingertips where we didn't have that not too long ago and it's one of the things i'm grateful for about technology i like to say we act locally and we reach globally it's one of the fundamentals of what we do it's part, you know i'm here with hubcast is one of the things i do as well producing the show today where we're able to you know connect communities from around the world to really make a difference and also just to be there to listen and and that's something that's coming up um you know there's there's a great event something that brought us together even to have this conversation was uh the the awakening to humanity's sacred mission and i love what the guys are doing with this one we'll talk about it a little bit more but the the interactive exchanges that we're going to have after each presentation so that everybody can be seen and heard is really something that's quite exciting uh, and I'm looking forward to that. So maybe we can talk about that. I know you're involved in, in, in the event that's coming up on February 9th that begins. I would love to. I would love to. And yeah, I want to I wanna join you in that shout out uh, to Hubcast because Hubcast is a, a longtime Unify partner and is really right there with us at 
the edge of looking at what's possible through media, through collaboration, through marketing, through distribution. And Hubcast is uh, is doing really great work to make things possible that wouldn't be possible otherwise and at scale and even in remote places on the planet. So if you haven't looked into them, definitely look into them. Um, and well, this, I think this, about what we did in, I think about what we did in Italy, right? <laughs> that was, yeah. That was amazing. Yeah, yeah. With Upshift, yeah. the see Irvin Laszlo's uh, book release. And uh, I can't remember the name of the other gentleman who was there with you. Um, but what a powerful event that was. You know, yeah. um, was, but I say that just because we can do it from anywhere in the world and bring yeah. people together. That's exciting. Yeah, that was in Italy. And then you guys were there in Dubai and working uh, with uh, uh, Shanali, who was in Sri Lanka for um, the the women's event. There were so many things back to back. You guys are everywhere. Hubcast is everywhere. And uh, I'm just so grateful because a lot of times um, they're behind the scenes, but but really they deserve a, a shout out. So shout out. <laughs> Oh, yeah, we've got about 10 minutes. So tell us about this okay. uh, Awakening to Humanity sacred mission. Yeah, yeah. You know, I feel like touching on, we had, we had talked about um, veterans and war just now, and I feel like touching on this as a transition because we are at a time where there are conflicts on the planet. And, uh, you know, I don't know about you guys, but when I saw things come up in, um, in, uh, Turkey and Syria, and I saw what was going down the Ukraine, I literally felt like it was unreal. Like, this can't be happening. We've moved beyond, surely we've moved beyond this. And I couldn't really wrap my mind around that uh, those things were happening. And I just want to, I guess, acknowledge it or say it out loud on behalf of all of us that the state of war and where we've talked about, and even in this conversation, Treaty of Westphalia, like those days where it's always been a thing where humans do the us versus them game and then have to overtake the other. Um, Possession is not protection. And possession is not even a viable method of protection. And war is a far-reaching attempt at power. It's not even real power. And so for humanity, if we want to be able to grow beyond this stage where even if there's consciousness among us, we still default to these patterns, we have to be able to let go completely of the old patterns and to lean in to true what is true power. And true power is not the exertion of it. It's, it's subtlety. It's within it's the the thing at the center of us, at the center of us all, the thing that also connects us. So I don't think it's any mistake that at this time where we see these conflicts arising, this is also a time where unprecedented collaboration, cooperation, and synergies are rising to the surface. And this is what we're seeing right now through this symposium. It's an outpouring of what is happening naturally, awakening to humanity's sacred mission. So Irvin Laszlo had put out a call to a bunch of organizations and people around the world, said, hey, it's time, right? It's time for humanity to look at this. This is happening at the exact same time as um, the HOLO movement has sprung up. You know, we had that igniting the HOLO movement that happened in Sedona last March, and that was um, really envisioned by Manuel Kunzelman, um, who who followed for 10 years the work of David Bohm's wholeness and the implicate order and watched 
this arc that humanity is in the middle of and what is possible for us right now to serve in our becoming as these holons, individuals and organizations are actually coming into a greater level of coherence. How can we be aware of it? How can we serve it? And other organizations like For the Good of the Whole, um, Unity Earth that is that is putting on this event, that is another one of Unify's partners. Of course, Unify is going to be there. The Connection Field, which has been this play space of social media, a lot of different organizations in one space to play. Um, there's so many. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. The, the World Upshift Organization, um, which is, is another of uh, Irvin's organizations, also to serve the upshift of humanity. And, it's, and they're all going to be present at this event. But it isn't just for a bunch of people who think that they're smart and conscious to say a bunch of words and say, <laughs> say everything that they think that they know that we should all listen to. It's actually for us to have discussions um, around these things in an open forum and to have ways, tangible ways that we can engage from right where we're at. So this is an opportunity for us to come together, uh, realize for ourselves what our puzzle piece is of this evolutional moment, this pivotal time, what we want to do about it, who we want to connect with, and what we're going to be moving forward. I love it. Well, I'm really looking forward to it. And, and, you know, one of the things I'm looking forward to the most is the interactive sessions, because I think it's one thing to just watch us, the people watching us right now on a live stream, wherever they are, you know, it's one thing. Now imagine if you can actually engage with the presenters and ask questions and have dialogue and create an action plan and be part of a global community. And this is what I really enjoy about you know, what happened over the course of the the pandemic, actually, because Conscious Living was just a a radio show, 100.5 FM here in Vancouver locally, and we had to pivot. We had to do things differently because we couldn't go into the studio. We couldn't go into the station. So we started doing the records. We just started getting out there in a a much different way. And it's exciting to be able to, you know, share the work that we do with a, a, a global you know, tribe is one of the word people use, but just global community. And one of the things that's always exciting is when I come into this other community, the other side is we're growing and bring conscious living uh, into it. It's to see that so many people we have interviewed and spoke with on our program over the years are all part of this, this big collective. So it was like stepping into family and, and seeing and supporting what everybody's doing. And I think to me, you know, it just goes to show again the power of technology and how we can all come together in, in these ways to, to make a difference. And, and that's why I want to encourage people, if you're watching and you're listening, you know, you can easily go to unity.earth uh, symposium 2024. It's a free event. You don't, you don't have to join in zoom. You don't have to at all. Uh, you can watch it online and unify and Facebook and YouTube and things of that nature. But I highly encourage you to really join in into the zoom community, because that's where you're going to, you might meet some friends of yours from around the world, which is always interesting. And you'll be able to connect and converse and really pitch and catch to find ways of how you too can make a difference. And and I think it's one thing to talk, it's another thing to take action. And that's one of the things that the symposium is going to be focused on is creating, you know, a plan of action that we can all do something to make a difference. And that's how we create changes through action, right? Oh, I love it, Mark. Couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> 
Well, that's fantastic. And you know, it's it's funny you sent me you sent me that song from Disney the other day, and I thought it was quite funny. It's just a kind of a kickback to the psychedelic thing. When Disney was talking in a kid's song about listening to the mushroom, yeah, there must be something to that, right? This song, so my daughter loves the songs. My daughter identifies as a star. She, when she was in my in my belly, we called her Little Star, and then she was born, and I would tell her that she's Little Star, and she literally was like, she'll tell people, I was a star, and then I came down to mommy's belly. I'm like, okay. <laughs> um, but so there's there's this Disney song called I'm a Star, um, which is from the their most recent movie, Wish. The premise of the movie is actually quite beautiful. I would encourage anyone to watch it because I think Disney has a way of kind of tapping into the the collective uh, of what's emerging and then translating that into a children's story. But this particular song is 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 encouraging us to connect to our universal roots, to how we're all connected to one another, how we're part of the circle of life, how we actually don't have to look outside of ourselves to, to find our origin story, that we're our own origin story. And mid-song, they just stop point blank and show you this little like bouquet of mushrooms and say, listen to the mushrooms and you'll understand. <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, like, I, I thought it was just so interesting that that was this in in that song and what they're what they're saying but i think it it's foreshadowing and and paving the way to the future of the things that um are going to help us reconnect to our authentic selves and when we have that safe sacred space to share to learn to not be judged to feel seen and heard you know, and that's going to happen as our communities evolve and as we connect with, you know, different people, you know, and really grow. It's that mycelium network of life that that I think really is going to make the difference. And, you know, maybe while we wrap up, you can tell people where they can find you if they want to learn more about your work and uh, what's next for you. Oh, sure. Um, well, you can find me at... Uh... TammyScarlet.com, or you can go to unify.org to see what the larger community is up to. Um, we have a current project that is in play right now that's uh, super fun and amazing that is at impactportfolio.world. Um, there's so many ways to be involved. I would just say this is a really rich ecosystem, just the depth of amazing humans and we are all such miracles in and of ourselves, like vast um, skill sets and talents and diversity. Um, so us getting in touch with ourselves and being mirrors to one another in community right now is really important. So whatever docking point feels most resonant to you, go for it. Have fun. Well, it's like you, you kind of started off talking about synergy where the sum of all the parts are greater than the individual parts added up. And, and I think that it's important to know that we all have a voice. We can all make a difference. And to really be curious, have fun, be playful, get back to those roots of, of our human nature without, you know, always getting caught up. Yeah, we got to take care of our, ourselves and do what we need to do. But we can also, um, you know, have fun doing it, right? Be respectful, you know be playful. Yeah, in in um, in my work that I did at Harvard when I was looking at how do we do global efficiencies to global humanitarian efforts and what makes an individual a good contributor to their local and global communities, the two most prevalent factors that if they're present in somebody's life throughout their stages, childhood through adulthood, that would make them 
a contributor to their local and global community in these positive ways were imagination and play. Fantastic. I love it. Well, Tammy, it's always a pleasure connecting with you. I'm happy to have you on our program today on Conscious Living, which airs on 100.5 FM, uh, CFRO Vancouver, here at 6 p.m. every Wednesday. We're also on YouTube and Facebook. If you're watching us there, make sure you like and subscribe to our pages and channels. And if you're interested in this symposium and other upcoming events, you can uh, visit Unity Earth. Uh, unity.earth is where you'll find that and just as a side note if you're locally here in vancouver we're going to be having a live studio audience for some of these events that come up so there's many many ways to get involved whether it's in this event or any event or no events the important thing is is to take some sort of action read a book do something right and i'll tell you what it's when we think outside of ourselves, when we grow and we contribute and we are being of service, that's when life really takes a turn. And I love seeing people light up and I love lighting, being lit up myself. So, you know, come and join us. We look forward to seeing you again, Conscious Living Radio again, 100.5 FM in Vancouver every Wednesday at 6 o'clock. Tammy, thank you so much. It's always a pleasure to connect with you. Thank you, Thanks Mark. for being here.
Listening to Conscious Living Radio. For free show downloads, additional information about our guests and topics, or details about upcoming programs, check us out at consciouslivingradio.org.